0: Armstrong and Getty. Why are you here? Then? We choose
1: truth over facts. Uh, I don't understand what you're saying. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. All right, go. Go. Spare us the theatrics. Behave yourselves.
2: You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty show.
0: So, the bum and junkie explosion, which is taking place uh, across the blue frontiers of America, blue politically speaking. The West Coast, Austin, Texas. No coincidence that Austin, which happens to be a very blue city, has the worst uh, bum uh, problem in, in Texas. And
2: I just drove by a couple of dudes this, mo- uh, this morning uh, with uh, the carts loaded up with like mattresses and bags and stuff like that. The sort of thing that I o- you only used to see in, like, I don't know, Skid Row, Los Angeles, or really bad neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. It's now everywhere.
0: Yeah, yeah. And we do quite intentionally use the term bums and junkies because the people who had a medical emergency and missed their rent and will be back on their feet as soon as they can and are getting help they're not causing the problems. They're not shooting up in the park. They're not a- stabbing people to death in a uh, Burger King drive through They're not ruining the parks and pooping on the sidewalks and the rest of it. That's bums and junkies. But you've heard this from us a number of times. So we thought we would feature a couple of other, other folks you might be familiar with who are speaking on a similar uh, topic. Uh, why don't we first go with... Down to earth, working class, but extremely bright observer of humanity, Adam Carolla, who uh, is, is echoing some of my favorite sentiments on the topic. We'll let Adam go first. 16.
1: Well, what changed is we started to mistake discipline and rule of law for being mean. This sort of like, don't be mean, don't take that homeless guy. Why are you making him go here? Or why are you arresting him? Or why are you incarcerating him? Or why are you putting him in this facility? L.A. has become this sort of good vibes place where uh, Mayor Garcetti and, and the governor of Los Angeles, uh, uh, Mayor, uh, Governor of California, Gavin Newsom, they don't, nobody, everyone is scared of being called a bad person. And we used to realize that coaches and teachers and generals and the police force and the people, the mayor and the governor, when they enforced laws, they weren't bad people, they enforced laws. They're doing what they were elected to do. They're doing their job. Now, when official says, I want to get rid of this homeless camp, we're going to, we're going to bulldoze the homeless camp, we're going to give it. it's like, why are you being a mean person? Why are you being a bad person? This is a zeitgeist that's washing over this nation, that the people, that the teacher that's expelling the student for being unruly has now become the bad person, not the student, the teacher. We're turning on the rule of law.
0: The way I like to put it is that we've decided that there can be no order if it isn't compassionate. You know what It's I, all compassion and no order, and all compassion and no order is chaos and civilization falls yeah, apart. I think,
2: because I think, you've been saying this for a while, and that's absolutely true, I think where it comes from is once you have order for a certain amount of time, you start to assume stupidly that that is the natural state of things. Yeah, good and point. It just it, it can't go away. Um, that civilization is the natural state of yep, man, and, yep. and, and you don't
0: really have to do anything.
2: Being mostly safe. Everywhere you go, in prosperous. your home, and prosperous, yeah. is the natural state of things. So, uh, you know, we need to get down to these the, the edges where people are failing. Mm-hmm. And, man, it is not the natural state of things to have this sort of order.
0: What's frustrating about it is it is that this experiment has been tried over and over again. And you end up with early 70s New York, which was incredibly dangerous and dirty and disgusting, until Rudy Giuliani, um, whose who's, uh, recent career has been a, a bit nutty. But as mayor of New York, he's probably the greatest mayor they've ever had. Uh, because, oh, wow. Because <laughs> God, I love that <laughs> clip, too, because he understood <laughs> that the adults listen, uh, uh, one of the keys to adulthood. It was funny. Jack was talking about his, his son and how uh, he had to explain to him. Look, a 10 year old does not leave a wet towel in a wad. There are responsibilities. You know, you got to do the difficult thing as an adult. We are going away from adulthood. We are going toward this this soft, overly emotional, the poets are in charge. Anything that's mean or makes me feel bad is a bad thing. Listen, Jack and I both have uh, thousands, tens of thousands of you had the same experience. You have to hold your child while they get the shot from the doctor. It's heartbreaking. You don't want to do it. Your kid is mad at you, but you understand you have to do it. Well, that understanding is vanishing from society, and we've become a bunch of weepy soft-hearted but soft-headed people who don't understand you can't grant people a license for lawlessness okay you get to break the law because you're a drug addict and that's kind of tough we well, can't run a society like that now before we get too far afield uh do you know dr drew's act dr drew pinsky didn't He's,
2: he didn't he help uh dennis rodman and others with celebrity rehab Yes.
0: Yes, he did. I was I didn't actually watch that show much. I think I saw five minutes of it once
2: or some of the other of his celebrity friends and celebrity. Radio? I oh, believe it uh, was that whole
0: like Carmen Electra. Gary Busey. Gary Busey. Busey yeah, that crowd, you know, just yeah. They the all usual hung together, suspects. didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they were looking for drugs. Anyway, uh Dr. Drew is going to be talking a little bit here about uh, California's Prop 47 which turned many many serious crimes, felonies into misdemeanors, which are little more than, you know, you get a traffic ticket then you tear it up. You're you never intend to uh show up in court. And these include like theft and breaking into a vehicle and and uh I believe burglary of an unoccupied um dwelling. A forgery, all sorts of bomb, uh, uh, serious crimes now are are slap on the wrist stuff. Here's Dr. Drew.
1: It's not just solving the mental health and addiction problem for the homeless. The homeless problem is a mental health and addiction problem. It has always been that. And to think about it otherwise is anathema. The fact is 47 is murder. It is murder. If you don't create consequences for drug addicts, they will use until they die. I agree. You should not be making this a criminal justice problem. But if you don't have leverage, some consequence for using, they will use until they die. And that is murder. It's making me furious. I've worked with this population for 30 years, and it is time that people who make the laws listen to people that treat the patients. Stop it already. Help us help these patients. It's making me sick.
0: This is a brilliant counter-argument to the idiotic, yet often persuasive argument you hear that... You shouldn't criminalize homelessness. You're criminalizing homelessness. No, you respond. We're criminalizing criminal behavior. If it happens to be perpetrated by a homeless person, well, that's kind of interesting, but you can't grant a license for lawlessness to somebody because they're homeless, especially because as Dr. Drew has pointed out that if you're, if you've ever dealt with junkies, You know they break the law a lot, okay? And not just drug laws. They steal, they defraud, they forge checks, they do all sorts of stuff. And that's when you can help them by giving them a consequence. Look, Johnny, you're so out of control with your drug use, you're breaking all sorts of laws now. You're going to be punished for that. You're going to be taken into the system for that. And by the way, and a lot of drug addicts will tell you, that saves their life. Because they can't use in jail or it's a hell of a lot harder. And and Dr. Drew is making that very powerful argument, I think, that when you remove the concept, we, we become a, a, a nation, a society of enablers, where we say to Johnny the Junkie, who might be your son, who you love very much. Maybe he's your your friend, your coworker, your spouse. What you're saying to them is, we're going to do everything we can to make sure there are no consequences from your drug use. We're going to make it as easy as possible for you. And Dr. Drew, who is obviously getting really riled up there, is calling people with that attitude murderers. And I think... He's right. The road to hell is paved with good intentions because anybody who questions your idea is, is, by definition, by your point of view, a bad person. How dare you go against me? I have good intentions. You are murdering people.
2: I hope we've turned a corner or turning a corner on recognizing the homeless issue as a drug problem.
0: Maybe person by person. I, I hope so. I mean, I hope these screeds are doing some good. Um, but the, the misplaced, soft-headed, nothing-but-compassion crowd has many deaths on their hands, and many more to come.
2: Uh, God bless. Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty
0: Show. Armstrong and Getty. This is
2: the best of Armstrong and Getty. My kids are uh, frightened to death of Ellen DeGeneres. What? For some reason. Really? Uh, and they saw her in the front row of the Grammys the other night, and they said, ah! Oh! she is that's <laughs> um, odd her her face is on the cheerios box it's one of the cereals so there's a big like l- l- it's a likeness of her or whatever but it is kind of frightening the way it's a why is drunk- she on a cereal box i don't know it's some i've never thought of her in terms of grains some contest of some sort it's got something to do with something i don't for know. kids well i guess not every is for kids anyway there's she is she's getting more you know we're all aging and uh <laughs> But anyway, my kids recoil in horror at the sight of Ellen DeGeneres. Wow, enough said. That's not what she was hoping for. No, indeed. So it's not what any of us are hoping for. To have small children recoil in horror when they see you, that's that's not what we're all trying to do when we put on our face in the morning.
0: Speaking of recoiling in horror, watch where you step in San Francisco, where you may uh, know that there are millions, hundreds of millions of dollars uh, being spent on, well, keeping the city neat and clean, but a huge budget now devoted to human poo. Because all the bums and junkies, uh, this uh, guy, Public Works Director Muhammad Nuru, was arrested Monday. Um, he was arrested on suspicion of accepting bribes for airport concession contracts. Public Works guys, uh, top official, he was tasked with cleaning up San Francisco streets, which critics remain uh, note. Uh, I'm sorry, which critics note remain cluttered with feces, trashed, and used needles. So he's doing um, an SE job. Amid a homelessness crisis. Yeah. Again, that is uh, feces, trash, and used needles. Sounds nice, doesn't it? Let's go take a walk, honey. Nuru, who goes by Mr. Clean SF on Twitter, also oversees the design and construction of city facilities and the management of 1,600 employees. Its capital project portfolio is more than $5.6 billion. Wow.
2: Yeah. Well, you, you feel like you can peel off a little for yourself if you got that kind of money sloshing around.
0: Yeah. He, uh, he's attracted criticism of late from homeless advocates for conducting sweeps of the city's homeless encampments. I'm with him on that. Um, but the coppers, uh, well, I think it's the feds, right? Um, yeah, the FBI taking bribes. Allegedly innocent until proven guilty, Jack. How about that?
2: I I have become so You know,
0: you just got to satisfy yourself with a job well done. There was human poo on the streets at the end of the day there's less. That's a good job. That's that's your reward, sir. Not be, money. Be the best
2: street sweeper. Exactly. Um I have become so cynical about the government and the way money is thrown around. Just I'm I'm beyond saving. Um and I heard a story over the weekend that I wish I could talk in detail about, but the people who were giving the information weren't doing it knowing it was going to get to me.
0: And let's say expressly said it's off the record. Give it to them. <laughs> give it to us right now. <laughs> I know who you. are you choosing, yourself or the good of the people? But it doesn't huh? even
2: make any difference. This happens so often. It's not like it would be exposing anything unique. It's a, a building built by taxpayer dollars for a uh, not even particularly smart purpose to begin with, but reasonable people could disagree about that. But then, for a variety of reasons, it sits empty now, and uh, and it costs millions of dollars, and that happens all the flippin' time. Yeah, I mean pro- road projects and bridges and uh, express trains in California and just just all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, Companies that, uh, you know, they put in bids and the government chooses them and you know they get chosen because they got connections with people. And then it ends up in this particular case in this building, it costs three times as much as it was supposed to originally start with. And we put up with it. As taxpayers, because we don't pay attention, yeah. if, if somebody was working on your house and said, yeah, I'll re-roof your house for $80,000, and then they came to you and said, that's going to be $160,000, you'd hire a lawyer immediately. Right. Exactly. You'd, you'd fire them. them that minute. You'd sue them out yeah. of existence. Yeah. But no, it can cost three times as much and still leak, and you just put up with it. Mm-hmm. I'm so cynical about that. It happens in every county, state, and certainly at the federal government letter. I, I don't think there's any fixing it. We, we Government has gotten so big. People care so little mm-hmm. to pay attention to it. I just... Yeah. It's just, you know, I'm just going to live out my life, do my best, and then and then die off. But the we're hitting a I mean, trillion... Haunt, haunt people. We're going to have a trillion-dollar debt. Man, mm-hmm. I wish haunting was a thing. because <laughs> that...
0: Oh, how much fun would that be, it man? Be I a got thing. a list. You don't, you don't know that it's not. Well, yeah, I would think somebody would be haunting me, although I try to be nice to people. um
2: You get a flat tire or uh, crack your head on a cupboard door you didn't know was open, that's somebody haunting you. Really? <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. That's somebody you wronged in the past who died. And are diseases caused by evil spirits too? You laugh, Sean. You don't agree with my hypothesis. <laughs> are, are are storms actually uh, the gods are angry at us? Or uh, okay, all right, <laughs> super.
0: Is so anything
2: that bads is somebody I wronged who uh, is now haunting?
0: Me. I mean, I'm I'm not going to like come back and stab anybody, uh, you know. But to like terrify them for a night or two. But no, but just, just as
2: punishment. But there's so much corruption, oh, yeah. and it, and it might not be um, illegal. But it's certainly not what we have in mind when we pay our taxes.
0: Well, you know, it would be illegal if anybody paid attention to it. There would absolutely be a uh, misuse of funds charge, or people would be fired at the very least. But it
2: happens all the time. It happens in whatever town you're living in right now. It happens. And your county and your state. And obviously, the federal government does it regularly. And just gazillions of dollars get thrown around and spent. Yeah. Every tax dollar goes to somebody. I wonder who. And I wonder
0: why that's really the the, the beginning of a uh, small government or, or call it libertarianism, call it whatever you want. I don't care. Conservatism. The beginning of that notion growing in your heart is realizing your tax dollars are going to somebody.
2: This building got built. It cost three times as much as it was, was supposed to. And it just nobody cares. Nobody cares.
0: Right. Right. Well, I tell you this, my personal philosophy is that the bigger the body of government uh, the more reflexive and enthusiastic I am about saying no, no new taxes and squeeze them till they squeal. Federal that, government goes without saying. State governments utterly bloated and corrupt. You start to get down to your county or your town. Take a look at it. Some counties are much more responsible stewards of funds than others, but and some towns likewise. But
2: that is why Milton Friedman, uh, the great economist, Nobel Prize-winning economist, his belief was always opposed taxes because that's the only power you have mm-hmm. to fight this sort of thing that they yeah. don't have as much money to throw around but
0: we have potholes and they're proposing a pothole repair bond fund silly fools i know that and money's it, not going to go to fixing potholes maybe just enough to get you to stop paying attention
2: but no more than that right they always hit you with specific reasons we got sick kids this is going to help the sick kids well everybody wants to help sick kids we you just you got to squeeze them it's the only only hope you have so that they don't end up doing stuff like this the bridge costs five times as much as it was supposed to yeah and just does and as I often say to my
0: progressive friends, if you were as hardcore about fiscal responsibility as I am, and you would put pressure on your politicians, there would be money just, just flowing toward the programs you want the most. If we could actually hold them accountable, shrink government, and make it simple enough for us to understand and manage them, there would be plenty of money for your favorite cause.
2: You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty.
0: Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty.
2: The problem, it's not a problem to me, it's a problem for some people, of hostile architecture. Hostile architecture, a term I had not heard before. I already
0: uh, like it. it it, (laughs) That's
2: funny, isn't it? My immediate response, not even knowing what it was, was, sounds good. Yes, I just like the word hostile. Yes, hostile poetry. Roses are red. I hate you. It's been around in some forms for a long time in the, like, spikes on the top ledges of buildings, so pigeons can't sit up there. Oh, yes, I've employed that myself. Well, the uh, vermin of today, I probably shouldn't say that. Yeah. I'll get in trouble for that. Yeah.
0: Uh, mm, The uh, species that uh, folks are hoping to move away from certain places. Are the homeless. Are homo sapiens. Drug addicts. Junkies and uh, and bums.
2: Hanging out and pooping in their doorway so you can't make a
0: living. Because the hardworking family that lost their lease and is trying to get back to normalcy is not pooping in the streets, they're not aggressive panhandlers, they're not
2: shooting up in the parks. We're talking about bums and junkies. And um, this article had a picture, It was, was pretty clever, so they had these, like, sp- they're, they're not sharp spikes, but they're little protr- protruding poles, not okay. very big around, dowels. That'd be a good way to put it. Dowels coming up out of the ground. So you can't lay down in front of this shop. So their storefront window is, is, you can still walk by and look in and see the stuff they got for sale instead of. And you don't of, see some poopy bum instead. So you got a homeless person laying there. So they put these little dowels sticking up out of the ground. Now, they painted a rainbow flag over the area, so it's kind of obscured, and you think, oh, look, they're so uh, forward-thinking and progressive. They're all about the game. Right, whatever. Right. And, uh, but no, there's spikes coming out of that rainbow. Nice. <laughs> to keep the homeless people from laying there. That's some good strategizing there, shop owner. Yeah, and some people think this is perfectly fine, and sort Of course it is. I own the business. I should be able to do whatever the hell I want. Man, you got a lot of towns doing this sort of thing. I've been reading up on that. I hadn't heard of some of these. Now, you mentioned yesterday, I didn't realize that they now have those arm rests every so many feet on benches i thought that was just to make it more comfortable but you no. can't lay down on the bench correct well i guess in a lot of cities now it's popular to have benches at such an angle, angle that you can kind of lean against it and rest yeah kind of half sit but you can't like really just sit there and you certainly can't lay down mm-hmm. um yeah, and is that hostile architecture? Because people who have been working hard need a place to rest, and how are they supposed to go look for a job when they're haven't been able to sit down for a while? right?
0: How about the uh, the homeowners putting the boulders up in that neighborhood in San Francisco? Remember right. when we talked to that fake activist who hadn't even been there?
2: That's uh, homeowners taking it into their own hands. I guess that's hostile architecture. Some of it is pegs on handrails and uh, and and the things they put on the corners of uh, like cement. I don't know, what the, the artwork or whatever it is. If we got a flower thing that's made out of cement, and they put something on the corner so the skateboarders can't hop up on there and grind right. along.
0: Or, or a, a guy in San Francisco can't hop up on there and poo like that popular video of last week. Hostile architecture. I like this idea. You know, we would like our new home when I open the front door. I would like it to hit me in the face. <laughs>
2: I would like the fireplace to regularly belch out filth and burning embers. There's even audio versions of what seems a lot like hostile architecture in downtown Oakland. A newsstand blasts music twenty four seven from speakers outside, just with the idea that nobody could sleep real close by. Mm. That's a pretty good one. That's annoying. It, it, it would become be, necessary. It wouldn't be so annoying that I couldn't walk up and buy a newspaper but I wouldn't be able to lay down on the street right next to it and sleep, probably. So what are uh, municipalities going to do?
0: A number of West Coast cities have struggled with their most beautiful public spaces that the public has paid millions of dollars to build, maintain, develop riverfronts, uh, walking and biking trails, that sort of thing, are just clogged with junkies and bums and the rest of it. Are you going to plant rose bushes or that raspberry cane or something? Uh, next to all of the... So it's just so painful to try to get your way through. What are you going to do? Well, you could enforce the law. You could not grant licenses for lawlessness because, well, they're unfortunate, so they get to break the law. How about you enforce the law even-handedly? Huh? There's a radical idea for you. Oh, man. It it, it takes a lot of really twisted thinking to get to the point that we are, but uh, yeah, here we you, are.
2: How do you explain it in a, a big-picture sense, in that it it the, the country is more welcoming to uh, to 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 try to make a go of it now than it ever has been in terms of the number of immigrants and that sort of thing No, it's mean, just or... to survive as a human in the United States. Oh yeah. It's better now than it ever has been. Yeah,
0: way 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 easier. But
2: we didn't mm. need to have hostile architecture 30 years ago in yeah. all our cities? Well,
0: it's this ridiculous and misguided thinking that the, the compassion piled on compassion, piled on compassion, will get you a, a fine and livable civilization. It won't. you have to have uh, order. You know what where was I? Oh, I just read something absolutely brilliant on this. I think it may be from that essay I quoted a little bit uh, earlier. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's an absolutely terrific essay which uh, comes from Gerfried Ambrosch. Uh, who is a, a a radical and and you know I want to talk about this more later, but this is such a perfect fit. This uh, the attitude often goes in hand hand in hand with what uh, the writer Scruton calls the "born free" fallacy, the view that the laws and institutions of modern civilized society reduce human freedom. In fact, as the cognitive psychologist Steven Pinker expertly demonstrates in his book *The Better Angels of Our Nature*, why violence has declined. These laws and institutions free us from living in constant fear and danger of violent death. Much the same is true for poverty, famine and a host of other scourges which also declined thanks what to the MIT. thanks to what the MIT scientist Andrew McAfee calls the four horsemen, capitalism, technological progress, public awareness and responsive governance. This what, could there be a better example? The bums and junkies the laws and institutions that used to keep the junkies out of your parks where your kids ought to be playing and the bike trails and the, and the sidewalks and the businesses doorways and all kept us from living in constant fear and danger of violent death. It was not restrictive. It was freeing. Mm. The key is to strike the right balance. No, I don't think the Soviet Union was freeing because, it, you know, it would, you had to dance to the tune the government played. Um, But we've just, we've gone, especially in your blue states, way too far toward the, now it's chaos. How freeing is chaos? Well, according to Positive Sean and Game of Thrones, chaos is a ladder. That's right. On the other hand, you know, slashing somebody open with a sword is frowned upon these days, so it doesn't uh, work quite the same way.
2: I have thoughts on that, but I don't want to run out of time before I tell you about the new Burger King sandwich. (sighs) Inter- I do enjoy a good burger. Interesting idea. Burger King has got a new ad out with a burger, and it's a time-lapsed. You know how they do that thing like when you see a flower open up? Oh. Sure. Yeah, fabulous. <laughs> Everybody loves good. a good time-lapse. Yeah. It's a time-lapse of a burger over 24 hours, and it turns moldy. So you start with this delicious-looking cheeseburger. Time lapse over, over over an hour and everything turns all gross and moldy. I think I see their point. Their but... point is they've eliminated all the preservatives from their new burger, so it can actually go bad. Which has been one of the critiques of fast food, and that like right? you can set the milkshake out in the sun and it doesn't melt. That's, That's weird. Disturbing. Sounds like progress to me. <laughs> well,
0: and who was the guy who who preserved a Happy Meal for like fifteen years or something oh, yeah, like and that? And ate
2: it, and it looked exactly the same. That's terrifying. Yeah, Um so they rolled out a Whopper with no artificial preservatives, colors, or flavors at more than 400 restaurants to yeah, see but how it's going to do. Yeah, but the visual of the thing going bad, that's just not good. Yeah, this picture is pretty gross with all oh, the, the mold so on it. It made me want to vomit. Yeah. yeah I, it's a sickening. It didn't make me want to eat a burger. Well, but, see,
0: that's the thing. Now, if I have that image in my head, and I glanced at it literally, folks. he showed it to me, and I recoiled from it. I've seen it for maybe a second of my life, and I may think of that when I go to the BK. Yeah, I get their there. They should have focus grouped
2: that. So you think it'll have a net negative effect?
0: I mean, you have like three, four people in the focus group vomit
2: on the table there at the uh, meeting place. That's not good. It's kind of interesting that what they're touting is, look, this burger could go bad. That's why you should eat it now when it's fresh and it's much better for you and, and tastes better. Right. This is like an actual burger. It looks like if you made a burger at home and you left it sitting out on the counter all night long, you yeah. wouldn't want to eat it. Yeah, it'd be a little funky. Uh-huh. Yeah. We'll see how that works out. I might try one of
0: those. Well, the only takeaway I have from this is I really ought to make burgers on the grill. Mm-hmm. Always good. There's
2: nothing better, That's man. That's what you do for the debate tonight. You, 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 you grill listen to some burgers, debate on in the background, a little conversation about socialism. Here's a little pro tip for you because my burgers
0: have won awards. Oh, really? Season the meat. Season the meat. What do you do to the season the meat? There are a number of different products available. Pick your fave. They're in the spice uh, aisle of your local supermarket. Like what? Uh, oh, I've got uh, one called Worcestershire Pub Burger. Really? That I really like. That sounds awesome. There are a couple of, like, steak rubs that in a burger, just the, the meat explodes with flavor. I, like well, I learned
1: that uh, it makes a difference.
2: I'm a bland guy, <laughs> so I just have meat. Just, just the hamburger. I like bland, but that's just my thing, right? Yeah, right. Bland that's, is my thing. That's weak. It's weak. Maybe salt. Maybe salt. Yes. Wow.
0: <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, variety is is. What is the variety for you then? It's a waste you of time. You don't like spice. So variety
2: is a waste of time. Not the that's spice the spice of saying. life. <laughs> Clearly,
0: <laughs> I tell you what, folks. For a hundred reasons, you want to go visit Jack. He's a fine fellow. But if you're going to eat, come to Joe's place. All right?
1: Armstrong
2: and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. You can't run a Whole Foods race in what
1: I insist is still a Campbell's Soup nation. So... (laughs)
2: That's going to be our clip of the day. Brian, stop provoking. Brian Williams on MSNBC saying this. I mean, think about it. How true? What You, does you ever- can't
1: run a Whole Foods race and what I insist is still a Campbell's Soup nation. Right. I, I love that sort of right. thing. Right.
2: What the hell does that mean? But well, I love it that means sort of what thing. it means. Exactly. <laughs> it means what it says. You can't run a Whole Foods <laughs>
0: race and what I insist is still a Campbell's Soup nation. If, well, if you insist. <laughs> It's fantastic. Two hours into a flight from Toronto to Jamaica. Guy stood up, announced that he was recently in China and had the coronavirus. Plane was forced to return to Toronto. It was a prank. He thought he was funny. Oh,
2: that is hilarious. He deserves the Armstrong and Getty scarlet eye on his forehead. Well, so in your world you would put a, a tattoo of the letter i on there to show everyone he's an idiot. Said
0: the captain. I guess this guy thought it was a funny joke, but it's really just weird. We're all very frustrated to displace 240 people, 240 people just so selfish. Uh are well, yes. a crazy person. Well, here close he was a a YouTuber, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah. right. So, the scarlet eye jack, it uh, carries out two functions. Number one, it warns people in advance that they're dealing with an idiot. You idiot! So they don't uh, lend him money, trust him with anything precious, (laughs) hire him without careful consideration, that sort of thing. Loan him money. It it is an outward warning. But I am a kind and compassionate man. You know that. It also is, in effect, a I'm sorry but I'm an idiot. Hmm. So if he does something idiotic, people think, well, he is an idiot. Right. So how angry can you get? So, again, it's it's both compassion and punishment. A second nominee, if, if I might, these two jokers are doing 95 miles per hour on Interstate 10, Florida. I've not done 95. I was uh, informed that it was a speed trap, so I maintained a, a reasonable speed. But... I 10 is, uh, ooh, straight and you want to go fast. Anyway, uh, these guys were zooming along at 95 miles per hour. The, uh, coppers pulled them over. Uh, they figured out that the, uh, the guy behind the wheel was the subject of an active felony warrant. Cop requested backup. They showed up with the canine officer. I believe the president calls them dogs. They call them canines. <laughs>
2: Uh, well, that was my favorite tweet. Is why didn't they have that dog there as the guest there and have him run down the, the aisle with Baghdadi's head in his mouth? <laughs> okay, you lost <laughs> me at the end there. <laughs> <laughs> Best State of the Union ever! <laughs> and I'd like to acknowledge, what was his name? Fido. <laughs> yeah, right. Fido, are I'm you mean. his? Fido here? And Fido comes running down <laughs> the aisle with Baghdadi's head swinging in his wow, mouth. Wow, wow. Well,
0: Jack, you got to save something for next year. Anyway, so the cops, the canine shows up. The canine signals uh, presence of contraband. Authorities found a, approximately 75 grams of methamphetamine, 1.4 kilos of the date rape drug GHB, oh, nice. a gram of cocaine, 3.6 grams of fentanyl, which is enough to kill Florida, 15 MDMA tablets, and drug paraphernalia in a bag labeled bag full of drugs. Wow. Scarlet eye right on the forehead.
2: Zengo, tattoo it. Boom, right there in the sheriff's office. Labeling your bag bag full of drugs is a, uh, that's a heck of a touch right there. While you're doing
0: 95 miles per hour on a known speed trap. If that person isn't an idiot, who is an idiot?
2: We'll talk about this next hour. Headline in the Washington Post, and you know exactly what they're trying to do with this headline. Rush Limbaugh joins the likes of Mother Teresa and Rosa Parks as recipient of highest (laughs) civilian honor.
0: Oh, that's subtle. right? I didn't catch that at all. You've manipulated me into (laughs) thinking it's improper.
2: (laughs) But we'll go through some of the other people that have received this honor through the years, and I think you'll be perfectly fine with Rush Limbaugh being on that list. That is unfreaking believable. Good call. For instance, Ellen DeGeneres a couple of years ago. Ellen DeGeneres is fine. But I, I she's not that. Mother she's... Teresa or Rose Parks either. Right. Wow. So uh, we'll wow. talk more about that coming up. That's hilarious. I know it is. <laughs> I see what you're doing. How likely are you to actually get sick from being on a plane? I think we're all this way. You sit down and you hear the person with the wet cough. <laughs> oh, boy. God, I was on a plane with my kids. And uh another, you can tell it was a kid. Had a really wet cough, but oh, uh, and I wondered is, is he covering his mouth? I wonder. And then oh, next, fun. and he's constantly coughing. And one time he's coughing, I kind of leaned up a little bit so I could get a look. No, just you know, just watching a, a video and just coughing. Nothing near his face, whatever. <laughs> Spewing it into the air. <laughs> it's sickening. When you
0: are covering your mouth, it still ain't great Dad's, in a closed environment. But you're right, it's Dad's much worse. Dad,
2: sitting next to him. Come on, Dad, tell him to do the vampires. My kids call it in school. Yeah, come on! At least block some of the spewage. I swear, humanity makes me crazy. Anyway, how how bad is it to be on the plane with the flu going around and the coronavirus and everything like that? The WHO, the World Health Organization, has said that passengers seated in the same row, as well as two rows in front and behind of someone who's sick should be notified of potential exposure to infectious diseases. Wow. They're not going to do that.
0: Wow. They hand out a little form as you're getting off the plane. By the way, you've probably been exposed to an infectious disease. Thank you for flying, you know, whatever airline.
2: are oh, Boy, I don't know what I think of that. So if they told me that two rows behind me, somebody's got the flu like my son had last week, which is not a good sickness to get. No. What am I going to do? Get off my flight and wait for the next one? Barricade or? yourself in the bathroom with, like me. What with your
0: you son, do? he sits on the sink, you sit on the turlet, and just fend off the people angrily banging on the
2: door. Now, that's the WHO going with two rows. Boeing did their own study, keep your planes in the air. It's more of a one-row. Oh, oh, that's a great American comedy, Jack. Don't kick them all the way down. It's more of a one-row rule, according to their studies there at Boeing. One row behind you and in front of you. Other than that, you're probably Okay. Of course, if the rows keep shrinking, you know, two rows will be one row. How about the person sitting on top of me and the one underneath me? Yeah. (laughs) How about the the one lopping over into my seat? Since I paid extra to be in the middle in this situation and somebody's sitting beneath me, I'm sitting on their lap and then somebody else is on top of me. Yeah. You got to take everybody's temperature before they get on the plane. And if you got a fever, you don't get to get on the plane. Or, or have, And like, I'm talking t- taking it the accurate way, like with babies at the doctor. <laughs> oh, bah. oh, boy, just relax. Oh. You'll feel some pressure. And you'll just have the regular TSA people do that. Oh, all yeah, yeah. The ba- they, they got a gentle touch. <laughs> oh, God.
0: <laughs> or have uh-uh. the back two rows be the sick rows. Have
2: them quarantine. Now, that's not a bad idea. Now, you got to go through there to get to the Johnny. So I'm not sure how that works. You all swap each other's diseases. Now you got influenza and the coronavirus. Enjoy oh, boy. it. Um, it also said... Passengers in the aisle are at higher risk of infection than those in a window seat because you're obviously more exposed to more people as they walk by. Yeah, coughing and hacking uh, and breathing. So, so the doctors say take a window seat and uh, only worry if somebody's in the row in front or behind. But again, if they are coughing and spewing, I know that. But what do I, what do, I do with that information? I, I, I... Uh, uh, Cleanse your hands?
0: I already do. Try not to breathe? Wear a mask <laughs> like you're breathe. in China? Don't breathe is a good one. Stop breathing. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, you can't freak
2: out about this stuff or it'll make you crazy. No. Boy, having my, my son getting as sick as he did over the weekend with the regular flu, I definitely don't want to catch that. Yeah. Or or give it to anybody else. Indeed. Well, we don't want it from you. Yeah. Maybe we're all, all going to start wearing masks like they do in the Asian countries. Oh, boy. Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show.